If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Welcome to the special Sunday edition, the Waking Up Sunday CU podcast for Sunday, November 5th. Remember, remember the 5th of November. Mm-hmm. He's Guy Fawkes, Ian Ferguson. Yeah, um, okay. I'm here. <laughs> I'm back on <laughs> We're going to be blowing you up with lots of news about retro modern gaming. We'll be... <laughs> Already off the ra- off the rails here. Yeah, <clears throat> we'll be overthrowing your mind with new information <laughs> about uh, Call of Duty uh, loot boxes in the GameStop Power Pass rental program. The Switch success. We'll be appropriating sources <laughs> like a certain mask or image. <laughs> uh, anyway. So, so Ian, what's been going on besides you puking last night? What's been going on? Mm, dude, I think it, it was like... <laughs> what did you eat? We were on the way home from the movies, and I got a Jack in the Box Junior Bacon Cheeseburger. Oh, okay. I haven't eaten Jack in the Box in, like, forever, because I think it's fucking disgusting. Yet you still said, I want Jack in the Box. I, need, I needed something. Taco Bell was closed. Wendy's is always right Wendy's was closed. Oh. And it was... Carl's, Either Mc, it, McDonald's is better than Jack in the Box. It, I know, but it was like make the, it was the easy turn into Jack yeah. or the the double back hard turn into yeah. the McDonald's, and we were the just hard, like Let's... The, the hard turn in the stomach. <laughs> yeah, is yeah, what you got. Yeah. Oh yeah, lesson but, learned. <laughs> so that, I was feeling a little rough last night, but anyways, um, but how was the movie? How was uh, you saw Blade Runner? Yeah, I saw Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and I uh, remember people that saw it. Uh huh. Number of people I saw played <laughs> which is sad because <laughs> it was fantastic. It was great. Um, I don't see why. I, uh, it's not a surprise that no one saw it because it's such a weird sequel to begin with of a movie that no one really saw when it first came out. The fact that it got made is to me kind of the surprising part that they put that much money behind a, a movie like that. The fact that it got made, the fact that it didn't look cheap, the fact that it—I mean—it looks amazing. It costs a ton of money. Yeah. Um, the fact that it was good, I, I mean, I mean, not 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 even good. It was it was great. I have very, I, I mean, that it's, this is not a movie discussion you really get into. I mean, it, it's it was nearly a three hour movie. Holy shit! Um, it's two hours and forty five minutes. The original cut was four hours. <laughs> uh, oh my god! <laughs> it's, it's fucking Blade Runner. I mean, what did you expect? Four hours of Apocalypse Now territory. Um, but. I mean, it was good. I had a few minor qualms, but who knows if those would, you know, disappear upon a second seeing or if I would find other problems upon a second seeing. But it was great. It's a shame that no one went to see it. But I, yeah, like you said, it's a it's a strange movie to make a sequel of. I don't think people would have initially wanted there to be a sequel. It's amazing they got a good sequel. But it was a cult film to begin with. 
Yeah. The original film was slow. I mean, it's never been an action-packed, mm-hmm. uh, you know, franchise. Uh, one of the beefs that are, uh, it was never an action-packed movie. One of the, I think, m- main beefs of the new movie is that there's a couple out-of-place action moments in it. Okay. One in particular that stands out that I'm like, this is stupid. Um, but for the most part, everything was great. And then... Yeah, it's gonna... It's gonna with, there was a ton of marketing behind it, too, so they, they're probably losing $100 million overall or something like this, so... Yeah. Not there was ever gonna be a third one, but they had to have known this was not gonna make any money, especially with that budget. I mean, it looks like an expensive movie. I think it was probably... The budget was probably like $150 million or something like it that. It was. It was something like that. And it's it's now at 249 box. So, plus the marketing. So, yeah, they're, they're losing money on that. Remember, you don't get 100% of the box office. Those, those movie theaters that sell you milk duds, they need some money, too. Yeah. They got, they got to stay in business, too. So, so. And then and then for Halloween, I watched, you know, a bunch of... I, I watched Halloween, They Live, and then... I haven't seen They Live in forever. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I actually had never seen. And that one got to me. That's just, creepy, right? Just because it's super fucking creepy. Yeah, I mean, there's very little gore, but it's cool. Yeah, the way it's shot, it's just, it gets into your skin. And then Halloween, too. So that's what I did all week. I watched movies. You're excited for the new Halloween, where they're ignoring Halloween 3 to 7 or whatever and coming back. <laughs> uh, that's a new thing, because they're doing the same thing with Terminator. Well, H H20 or H2O or whatever you want to call it, H20 kind of retconned out a lot of the in-between 2 and whatever. So I'm not, I'm not sure if that's going to stay... In, in the continuity, and then and then yeah, I mean I'll go see H forty. It's it's Jamie but Lee that, Curtis. That's a new thing. You have these uh, thirty four year old properties with a female star, and you ignore every fucking movie before it. They're, they're going to do it with Alien five, yeah, and ignore Alien three and four, yep. and bring back Sigourney Weaver. But they're definitely doing it with Linda Hamilton and the new Terminator is going to ignore everything after Terminator two. So that's, that's like the new thing. So I'm on board for that new Terminator movie. That's going to be great, especially after Linda Hamilton. She says she'll never work with. Uh, James Cameron ever again. Well, no, no, well there's, there's money. So, yeah, <laughs> Retconning is fun. Yeah, All right. Is fun. Other than that, we got an NES marathon coming up. Uh, wh- when is that? A week from now we'll be doing it. A week from now I'll be dead. That's November 11th and 12th. Go to nesmarathon.com. It's to benefit AmeriCares. All proceeds go to AmeriCares. We're going to have Andre Meadows from Black Nerd Comedy there. Gerard and Alex, Super Beer Bros. Gerard's a completionist. They'll be there. I don't think they canceled yet, so they'll be there. Vonnie will be there. Uh, Hellspawn Cat Spike will be there. <laughs> Ian will be there. I will be in the vicinity. So we're looking forward to it. It'll be on Twitch, nesmarathon.com. It'll redirect to Twitch sometime that morning after I take my fresh Pat shower and then drive over to Ian's. The last... traditional Pat shower before the marathon. <laughs> last, last week when you said Demon Cat, I'm like... <laughs> Who the fuck is this new YouTuber that's coming along that I don't know about? Demon Cat is yeah. a YouTuber? Well, that sounds like a fucking YouTuber name. You know, fucking Sheep Muscles Demon Cat. Um, I mean, I don't know. Like, Beta Demon Cat? Is that, is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> so other than that, uh, I'm going to be at Retro Game Con, and that's going to be the week after the marathon. That's going to be November, what is that, 17th and 18th in Excuse me, 18th and 19th in Syracuse, New York. Go to RetroGameCon.com. Uh, I'm going to be there with video game luminaries like Gary Kitchen and David Crane. So Nice. And Grimsy42, I think, might be there, too. Nice. I think. I, I don't think he moved yet. He has moved. not moved yet. Okay, so he might be there, too. 
Um, that'll be fun. And like Shane Rerez will be there as well and some other folks. Um, and this might be the last ever podcast in this location. Probably. This uh, yeah. is it. Yeah. So say say goodbye, everyone, to the uh, shelves. Well, I mean, the shelves will come back. These are awesome shelves. The shelves will come back. The games will will not go, but uh, I probably will be moving. So next time, this will be in Ian's little library. Uh, we'll be doing that. So I kind of missed the idea about that. I didn't think about it. It's the last time. It's been four four and a half years. Memories yep. like the ones we used to know. All right, so let's. Blow the fuck through it and get out of this pop stand. Hey! This is supposed to be, this is supposed to be memorable. We started in the bedroom for the first couple, right? Or first one or two. That was uncomfortable. <laughs> the whole thing was uncomfortable. Yeah. Maybe my bedroom. We come into here. We'll be... We'll be uh, it'll be better. Maybe we'll be at Ian's all the time. Maybe sometimes. But it'll be better. All right, Ian. That game, Super Mario Odyssey. Hey, pretty fun came out and it is pretty good for that nintendo switch system that's doing okay yeah so super mario <laughs> odyssey came out uh everyone knows about it everyone's already formed their opinions we're late guys old news um but anyways no, uh, it came out a week ago well you know you know how it works in this well, world wait, 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 with a new location we can be podcasting every day uh you know maybe we should just be sent to the glue factory <laughs> um because we're old this is old news dog track time uh so yeah <laughs> Hey. <laughs> Go, Ian! <laughs> so, Mario Odyssey is uh, the new Super Mario game where you use your hat to take over enemies and do fun stuff. Uh, it's pretty fantastic. It's I'm about seven levels in. Um, I'm five. I, I just got the New Donk City. You just got to New Donk? I think, so that's five in. I just got. I was just in the, in the woods, like indoor level with the big sequoias, and now New Donk was after that. Lake was fourth. Hat... Desert, icy kingdom, uh, the forest, underwater, and then that, yeah. Okay, you can think here at New Donk City. Um, oh, uh, is that a spoiler, you fucker? <laughs> you fucker. It said about New Donk City, I didn't get out of the thing yet. Um, so, my take on the game is that it, it's the levels are perfect. It's, the game is gorgeous, and the level sizes are basically perfect. Um... Everything's got a very happy vibe. I think the soundtrack is one of the best video game soundtracks I've heard in almost forever. So far, it, I mean, it, it, I, it's eclectic and matches the levels. Um, it's not. It doesn't. It, you don't get sick of it, even though it's it's looping. It, you know what I mean? It's just it's just the right ambiance, but it's also it, it 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 does bulge out every now and then, like my crotch. Right. <laughs> and. Um, I, there's little influences here and there, like the yeah, the music fits every stage perfectly. I think like uh, the hat level, um, there's a lot of like I hear a lot of like Disney, like haunted mansion. Oh yeah, influences yeah. in there it's and like stuff Cappy like that. Happy Town or whatever. Yeah, so I think that's fantastic. Um, I love the one of my biggest concerns when they started showing off Super Mario Odyssey was. Um, I thought the gameplay was going to become too puzzle dependent. I was afraid that you were going to be too hung up on trying to solve puzzles or do things with the enemies in your hat. And it was going to get bogged down in a lot of start and stop. But the difficulty level in Mario Odyssey is actually very low 
that I've experienced so far. It's low to medium. I mean, lower, yeah, it's like a three out of ten. Yeah, I, I don't think it's four. very, very difficult at all. So while that might be a problem to some people, for a person like me who generally doesn't like the structure of a game like Mario Odyssey, where you have to, you know, hunt for things to move on. Small sandbox, but you have to still do some hunting, yeah. Um, for the moons. You have to get the moons. This allows the game to flow very easily, and each stage has so many moons that you never really feel like um, you you never really feel like you're stuck. Each level, when you open up those maps, they give you the little X's to kind of guide yourself to for the next objective. Yeah, and each world has enough little objectives or a little story. There's like three to four per per world. Yeah, and if you follow those, you're generally going to find enough moons in any yeah. given stage to 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 move on. I was talking about that with uh, our pal Chris Kohler from Kotaku mm-hmm. before. I awkwardly put you on speakerphone. We were talking about because he's reviewed it. Is that I love the structure because you don't feel obligated to go out of your way necessarily to hunt for the moons. You might be tempted to see, oh, look at that little puzzle over there. There might be one over there. Let's look around the corner. But on your general path, in theory, you should find them as you go. So you could play quickly through if you want to without having to linger right. on the world. And after you do the main objectives, more open up, more mini games and mini quests to get more. But you don't have to stick around. But you can, right? And I want to more so in a game like the in a game like Odyssey than I have in other hunt and pet games. Um, it's not really what they're called, you know, the modern 3D platformer. Say like the original Mario 64 or you know games like that. We're we're so far along now that the cameras are better. The these ideas are better. The controls are better. The way they handle games like this is it's friendlier. It's just easier to it, it, it doesn't frustrate me in the way that these sorts of games used to frustrate me. Sure. Plus, like I said, level design is huge. These levels are gorgeous and interesting. That forest level that you're talking about, to me, is one of the most interesting levels I've I've played in a game in a while. The interesting mixture of forest and machinery. Like, I really like that level. I, I want to actively go explore that. Sure. Um, if I had any complaints about the game, and I, and I have a couple of small ones, it's that I do wish it was a little bit more challenging in some areas i wish there was a few more enemies scattered about in certain places and maybe i'll see that as i is since i'm i guess heading into the end game that um weren't you know possessable you know just a couple more obstacle type enemies um and while i realize it wouldn't fit in i do find myself missing some of the classic iconography um I miss some power-ups, obviously, you know, the Fire Flower and, you know, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I, I understand why they got rid of it, because you had the hat. Yeah, I yeah. I realize that it would be tough to be balance between the two. And I know yeah. that the enemies do reappear if you screw up. They have to, so you can get to the certain places that you use those powers for. But I do I do miss some of that. Sure. Um, good points, mostly. Um, I think that I like that the challenge is dictated upon how many moons you want to look for. True. Um, the only place where I actually said, fuck it, I'll come back later, was I think on each level, there is one hidden place where you do a whole obstacle course where it's like kind of, it's like generic, almost like training level look. Sure. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's, that's so, been in, I think, all of them since uh, since 64. Like, there, there, there were levels like that, say, in a Mario Sunshine. Yeah, so it's like you can see, like, graph on the background. It, yeah. So there's one that I haven't completed. I think it was the third one. I was like, ooh, this is tough. The one where it keeps coming out the, uh, out of the sidewalls, and I'm like, you have to really time it. I was late. I was like, all right, this is tough. 
that was not a simple one, at least for me at the time. So I got to come back and do that one again. Sure. But you don't have to. Like, no. I didn't feel guilty skipping it. Like, when I look at the map, I, I'm frustrated or not, or I'm like, oh, there's like 45, 50 moons in this level, and I only have 23. And I'm like, ooh. And I looked for a chunk of them. Even when you can... What I like about the game is that you can you can buy buy uh, from the toad in each level. Toastal, he'll tell you where they are for 50 coins each. I couldn't even still find some of them. Well, yeah, because they were pointing out, it was like, oh, here's one. And I'm like walking around in the desert. I'm like, where the hell is this? I'm like on top of it. Well, it's like, you know, he says bust a nut in a tree. And, and it's like, okay, well, there is a nut in a tree that you have to go break. And by the way, Nintendo, you know. That was, is that really what you didn't make that up? That no. Bust no, a nut it's, in it's, a tree? it's a break a nut in a tree. Or, well, it's a big difference between break and bust a nut. I, I don't mean. know. I mean, we're going to go with bust a nut in a tree. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, there's a lot of trees and a lot of nuts. You know, so I you mean, have to go search for it. Yeah, but like, what I'm saying is that th- I think that's the beauty of it that the replayability. When people are saying, "Oh, this is you can replay this," and once you do the main quest, you'll come back. I can see why because, like, like I stated before, when you when you do your main objective, you beat the brutal boss, uh, the little rabbit guy or, or female, uh, you can come back and keep playing and finding stuff that's now unlocked. Yep, from before. And yes, there are unlockables in each level for each. There's own there's a state specific coin for each level to get that stuff and then coins to buy whatever else. So, But you don't need most of that stuff except for a few places to to, to move on, like getting the Mario swimmies and trunks to go to the room to get a, get a moon. Yeah, each level yeah. also seems to have a costume-specific moon that you need to get. There's a moon that you can buy from each of the hat shops. You know, there's there's those consistent. Don't give it away, but so far that's my only disappointment is that there's only one costume that helps you, which is the swimmies and... That makes you swim quicker. That's the only one so far where I'm like, oh, maybe they they could have added that to other stages to give you a little bit Does of boost. Does that actually make you swim faster? It's a little bit. I don't know if I, it was just my head, but when I was playing, it was like... I'm under the impression that none of the costumes give okay, you Okay, I thought it was quicker. Putting, oh. on, putting on the little tube and putting on the sword. It, it, it looked quicker to me. I kept it on, and hmm. it seemed like it was quicker. You don't remember that when you switched to it? No, I don't. Okay. I, I mean, I Am know Am I crazy? You, I thought it was... Sw- okay. Yeah, I, I don't think any of the, the, the costumes do... do Okay, shit. I thought it made me quicker. But then yeah. again, I was playing at like one in the morning, so but I thought it gave me quicker. Anyway, so I like I like the freedom. I actually feels like I have more freedom and fun playing this game because it's the stage design is is limited in scope and smaller than something like Breath of the Wild, which is going to be compared to, which is totally open, and you have to you know find your quests where they are and then do that. It almost seems like there's more to do in a game like Odyssey. Well, because you want to go talk to all the little little guys hanging out and see what they have to say, in in uh, Breath of the Wild, they kind of you don't really have to after a while. You know, you can sort of just skip it. Sure, I mean they're just dropping you into these really cool, colorful little playgrounds and telling you this is what you're fucking around in until you know we arbitrarily decide that we're going to let you go play in the other playground. Sure. So it's, there's going to be obviously comparisons between the two because they're both n- near perfect games, but it's just that. Like you're gonna be, you're gonna to gravitate towards one or the other. And right now, uh, I'm having more fun overall. I had fun playing both, but Odyssey, I'm like, ooh, this is interesting and, and more fun, and I'm smiling at this more. And, and Zelda was it was more like this is a peaceful time away from everything. And the fact that you can capture, like when you when you turn into a little the cute little cheap cheap fish, and then you're going, that, that's it's adorable. That's my favorite thing. It's so adorable. Far. Yeah, it's fucking adorable. Uh-huh. I mean, how can you not like that? And when Gerard and Norm and I were talking about it, and uh, we decided that at that point, 
and I think still to this day, or still still at this point in me playing it, that's my favorite, most adorable transformation is is Cheap Cheap Mario. Yeah, it, it's 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 the cutest thing I've seen. So like, real, real quick before we we move on, because we are going to bring uh, we're we're going to talk more about Nintendo later. It it, it should be noted that. Um, Super Mario Odyssey sold through 90% of its initial shipment on launch day. Within two days, it moved just over 2 million units. That's insane. In two days. So that's almost... That's, like- that's over a quarter attachment rate to the amount of systems, and we'll get into that later, that have sold so far in two days. Over a quarter of the people who own a Switch, owned Mario Odyssey within two days of it coming out. And they'll sell another, whatever, two, four Eight million fucking gajillion this this holiday yeah. season and, be, and beyond, because if if Zelda doesn't appeal to you, like let's put it this way, this game will appeal to everyone. Breath of the Wild may not appeal to like a four-year-old or, or five-year-old. Look, if, if Mari doesn't appeal to you, then Zelda or Splatoon will appeal to you. But the point if, is that I mean, this the, is the yes. game, this is the killer app that, in the Breath of the Wild was... I always say it's sort of a killer app, I think. Like, for the most part, it's a killer app, but this is the game that will sell the system sure. even more so. Well, we'll get, yeah. We'll, we'll get into it more. My, my last thing to say about the game is that, like I said, I've been having loads of fun playing it. Um, I've been playing it both on the TV and in handheld mode. The only thing, the only little bit I would say bothers oh. me is that in order to get the full experience, you really you really have to play with, with, with the Joy-Con separated versus... Yeah, tablet um, because there is there is motion controls. Uh, it's not they're not required for the most part. They're not required, but it will help you on your way using the motion controls. You can definitely as you far can get as, by without them. Yeah, as far as I can tell, you can absolutely beat the game without using the motion controls. But there are some moves and some capabilities that the, make certain situations a lot handier if you do use them. There's only really two moves. There's the, the, there's the 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 heat seeking hat throw. And then the whirly hat throw, yeah. where that's even tough to pull out with the Joy-Con separated. That's the only thing that I cannot pull off, I'd say, only half the time when I want to, at least when I try to do it, is, is, is the circular uh, throw. That's, with a Pro Controller, it's easy. You just go like that. Okay, well, I don't have a Pro but, Controller. I have the Joy-Cons. <clears throat> so the Joy-Cons, it's a little harder. Throwing the hat up, you don't need to do that in the game, but that, you have to have it angled just straight forward. So that's yeah. a little tough. But otherwise, though, the controls are absolutely spot on. The camera... Has given me issues a couple times where it, it it was it was locked in a position I thought was not the best, and, I, and there's are some points where you can't move it yourself. Otherwise, though, I think the camera's been pretty good. I usually put on medium. I probably switch it to high for the but medium. Yeah, it's really pretty, slow on default. <clears throat> so, so there you go. So <clears throat> Super Mario Odyssey, it's it's probably deserving of a ten out of ten. I've, I've probably only played halfway through or not even at this point, and uh, I love the tank mode. The tank mode is fucking That's fun. That's fun, yeah. <laughs> it reminds me like like American Gladiators playing Assault. Mm-hmm. So, Ian, uh, we've been talking about loot boxes a lot yeah. lately. How awesome they are. How they're totally not gambling at all. I'd be totally over talking about loot boxes if it wasn't for this. So, what's going on here? So, Call of Duty World War Two comes out, and there's, there's loot boxes in it, right? Mm-hmm. Why not? All the rage, why not? You know, you want to pay for a chance to win an item that you can't earn otherwise easily. So they're called. There's supply drops in the game. It'll parachute in front of you. You can open them. Um, let's see. Mostly cosmetic, but you get gun skins. Fucking gun skins. Uh, call signs. Soldier apparel. Uh, might get timed experience point multipliers as well. All right. So you can earn supply drops. This is from PC Gamer. This is how you can earn supply drops. 
You don't have to spend money. That's the good news. Yep. You receive them as a random reward at the end of the match. Okay. That's fine. Awesome. Completing contracts. Time challenges. For example, get X amount of kills, get X headshots, etc. Okay, skill base. Uh, you can purchase with... Hold on. What? Are you trying to ignore this ad that's playing on the screen of this old woman, like, holding a kid's feet and, like, smelling them? <laughs> like, she's just constantly pushing it? I don't see that on my page, Ian. Well, that's awful. It's okay. it's apparently an ad for a medicine. Anyways, back, <laughs> okay. back to it. Well, there's no visual element for that on the screen. Anyway, so you can... <clears throat> Purchase with armory credits that are earned for free mm-hmm. on a timer or through by, by completing certain challenges. Okay, still skill-based. I'm okay with this. Sure. Completing daily and weekly orders, challenges without a time limit that you can turn in at any time, even after the daily weekly selection refreshes. So I guess you get, like, okay, this week, this is your challenge to complete. Okay. As for Entresto. They don't... Lay your, lay your focus on the right thing here. Sorry. <laughs> they don't require armory credits to purchase. But you can only hold three at once. Okay, so time challenges. Yeah, just come back to the game. Or, or, <laughs> or you can watch other players open their supply drops, preferably while masturbating. I would imagine you'll be able to earn supply drops and other rewards through a new social score. Black Mirror, anyone? By interacting with players in the HQ mode, you can inspect them and give or receive a one-time commendation, which increases your social score. But again, here's the icky bit. This is again a piece of gamer. You can increase your social score by watching others open their supply drops. This has its own reward system, but they haven't been able to really test it yet. Okay, Ian. Yes. Where, where do you begin with, with this? I don't know. I mean, how are we at this point? I mean, why would... The only thing I can think of is that they want you to watch people open supply drops so that you just feel this burning passion that you have to go get the bubblegum colored sniper rifle skin that you're going <laughs> to go buy as many of these loot boxes now as possible. I mean it, I mean is that what it is? Is it is it like predatory behavior? Is it is is it taking like uh, 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 an ex-gambler who's been through the po- program and putting him in front of a TV playing nothing but high-stakes poker for 20? I mean, what are they... It's just fucking weird. What are the costs on the loot boxes in this game? Do we have the costs in front of us? Because I was trying to make sure that this wasn't like, okay, if the, if you didn't... If, if there wasn't the option to purchase your own loot boxes and they wanted to put this in as some weird voyeuristic fucking bullshit, because let's put it this way. There's YouTube... Uh, channels that have oh, yeah. existed for CS:GO skin for watching people basically play the lottery. There's there's scratch off ticket YouTube channels, so there's always uh, some sort of appeal. Help, we watch Galen on TV. You know there is some there is skill involved with, with with poker, so there is an audience to watch other people gamble. There yeah. is. However, the difference is that this is in the environment where it's encouraging you to watch someone, so you get the itch to spend money. Yes. To participate i can't participate and pay money to, uh playing poker watching it on espn i like that's not available to me I, I, there's no coin slot i can play digital poker at the same time that's the icky part about this to me okay that's yeah i mean that that's kind of what i'm getting at too is that it's to immediately kind of drive you to go two menus over, a menu over, or who knows, maybe a button press over. Maybe oh. it's like, hey, would you like to buy a little bit of loot? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get the the fucking German pistol with the 
USA Statue of Liberty grip. I swear to God, I'm looking at that. I'm looking at it right now. It's called the Liberty and Justice. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at it, too. That's, that's insane. <laughs> the Liberty and Justice skin. So you, 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 you killed some, some Nazi, you, you took his gun, and you reskinned it in World War II. Uh, the, 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 on the handle. That's insane. <laughs> you peeled the, light, the label off your lighter and wrapped it around the handle. I had a toy gun of that by the kid, by the way. I, had, I, I found one in the dirt. It was a cap gun. A Liberty and Justice. Liber- no, didn't have it, but whatever the hell it's called. I can't think of it right Liberty. now. Liberty. <clears throat> Lady Liberty <clears throat> coins. So obviously, would you say would you say this is gross? I'd, I'd say it's just because okay. What is gross anymore? I don't know. I think when you when what is you, when you're trying to lure. Let's have a longer conversation about what, what, what is okay. What where is are gross? we when you get to the ethical <laughs> point where you're trying to lure <laughs> teenagers and children into spending more money on your game? Uh, with or without the parents' knowledge, is that gross anymore? I mean, no, it's always it should be gross. I, I mean, it should be. And people, it... people are going to say in the comments, "Well, it's the same thing as buying a pack of Pokemon cards." Yep. Is that the same thing? I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. I don't know, man. I think I think part of the reason why this stuff is more dirty to me as well is that you don't know the odds of the items you're getting. It's not, you know what I mean. There's no oversight. It's not like when when you when you go to a casino. You know the odds of getting 21. You know the odds of scoring on roulette. You know the payouts. This, who the fuck knows? And plus, this isn't actually money. This is just trophies in a digital world. I think that's why it's grosser. At least with a a pack of Pokemon cards, I can have the cards and trade them and play them and use them still. These are just accoutrements and visual upgrades that it's just just a digital trophy system. And while I do like trading card games, mostly just because I love card games and I like the rule sets to them. Um, and I do have problems with, with you know, the booster pack phenomenon or, or um, part of that. Um, with Magic and with Pokemon, uh, at least, there is there is in place you always get this many commons. You always get this many uncommons. You always get one rare and then you know, that's how it plays out. So you... Or, or or ultra, you always get one rare or ultra rare. So you always know exactly how much crap fodder, how much decent, and how much good you're going to get out of a pack. It's whether or not is it going to be useful for you. Um, at least with um, Overwatch loot boxes, I know I've gotten ones that were just all crap. You know, so <clears throat> there is a slight difference there. Although, whatever. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I want to make sure that you actually can buy... You I don't know these loot boxes. Can I thought they said they didn't cost money. So I make sure before people go off on us. That no, I lot. my impression was that you, you couldn't, but maybe you can. I mean, either way, you're creating an environment where you oh, watch other players open to earn your own, complete challenges, or spend money. So yeah, you can spend money. All right, this is dirty then. So GameStop is eternally trying to do new things. Uh, to, I don't know, save their asses, basically, um, from from going out of business. Uh, it was funny, because we had two people, or three people, um, talk to us, or, you know, ask us to discuss, I think over the past month, talk about why GameStops are starting to look more and more like Spencer's Gifts. Um, well, hot topic more than Spencer's Gifts. gifts. They're not selling massagers yet. <laughs> I was going to say, when they start selling the candy underwear, that's that's when it's turned into Spencer's Gifts. They're not selling chair massages yet, are they? <laughs> no. Um, 
but GameStop now has a uh, they're starting a rental program um, that allows for that's uh, a physical rental program, which is a very weird thing to see. I think come back in this day and age, for sixty bucks for six months, so basically ten dollars a month, you can get unlimited rentals to all of their physical um, used games, and then at the end of the six months, you get to pick one of those games. You can you can keep a game. Um. It's odd to me that they do it. I, I, I think it's to get people back into their physical stores just so that they're in there, they're looking to, to, to bring up, um, you know, to get people to make impulse buys um, to, you know, maybe stem some of the constant digital purchasing on the newer systems. Uh, as a person who works in a video game store, though, I, I think this might also be a somewhat clever way for them to try to reduce what seems to be a, a classic trick uh, with uh, GameStop shoppers, which is they buy a used game and they have seven days to return it. Uh, no questions asked for credit. So they can exchange the game. Um, seven days may as well be a rental period for most people anyways. And I do know a, a number of people who will go buy the game, beat it, exchange it, and grab another game. Um, I think this could potentially make GameStop a little bit of money, and at the same time, um, customers who do that may see it as a convenience. So if they miss a return date or something like that, they're not stuck with a game that they don't want anymore. Uh, that's kind of my feelings on why they might be trying to, to do this. It's a great move from GameStop's perspective. You're basically selling a shitty old used game that you couldn't sell for maybe five, ten bucks for sixty dollars, guaranteed. Sure. For every customer that goes into this, that's basically what you're doing here. Right. You're just moving it six months later. Just yeah. You, well, it doesn't matter if you move it. You right. got the money up front. Sure. You know what I mean, like the, there's only going to be one game out of your store for that sixty dollars. Yeah. And the value that's almost never going to equal sixty dollars. So you're winning, especially if you're, like you said, you're getting rid of a. Eventually, a backlog is gone of all your stuff. Mm -hmm. My, uh, so from for, there's no there's if they can manage this in store with their employees while they're still fucking taking in a modern game, used games and and retro games somehow if they can manage this in their system, fine that's fine by me if if, if they can do that, I, I just question why they would do this and not just go directly head to head with GameFly and just do it mail order, you know why not just do that and do it out of their warehouse you know their massive warehouse just and just do that instead. Because I think one of the key things for them here is that they're doing it as a way to try to save some of their physical stores. Sure. And and this but, means they have to get up and, and go. But that but people don't want to do that. I mean that, that's that's I know. But that, and that's where it's risky. It, I don't think there's any You're gonna you might keep people there, you're not gonna bring in new people. That, I mean th this is exactly what Blockbuster tried when they were on the losing end of, of the war with Netflix. Yes. Oh, I remember. My parents uh, loved it, by the way. But yeah, I realize it wasn't a thing that worked for most the, people. And I, and I, the company, a company I used to work for, was knee deep in trying to look into this stuff. And um, so, Blockbuster was always working behind. They gave Netflix too much of a head start. I think it was like a two, two to three year head start. Yeah. By that point, it was done. It was too late. Netflix had all the distribution centers set up. 
Blockbuster was slow to, to do it, and so their response time was always slower, and they were playing catch-up with their base. Even though they had all the physical stores everywhere in the, in the, in the mid-2000s, Blockbuster was probably at its height and, and started to decline, and it didn't matter, though. It was too late. But what they tried to do, which it, it, it cut the bleeding a little bit, cut off the bleeding a little bit, was, hey, if you, if you got your Blockbuster uh, DVD in the mail, from the, you can just return to the store and pick one up instantly. Right. But there had to be something you wanted in that store sure. to rent. And that was always a problem with Blockbuster, is that you go in, back to the VHS days, there could be 40 copies of Die Hard 2 on the wall. They're all gone, because it just isn't enough. So your location has to have the used game you want right when you go back. So it's a similar issue, but just now for games. Yeah. So I see frustration in store for people. Because right. if you really want that game... That is, let's just say you want to play a three-week-old uh, three game and not pay the full price. That's why you want to rent. Is that going to be available in your store? Or is that going to be out to someone else? Or are they going to have any, they're going to have any copies available? So, I think it, on paper, this looks like, yeah, this could be good for GameStop. I don't think it's going to... It's not going to I don't think it's going to attract new people to say, like, oh, I'm, I'm a Gamefly guy. Now I'll just 